just carry on with the uh, the truth of the fact that God provided with us with persons, the person of God the Father, the person of Jesus the Son, and the person of the, of the Paracletus, the Holy Spirit. And we're looking at the Father now, and this is a second session on the Father as one of the good gifts. I think we fail to see that God himself, the Father, is a gift to us. But let's see what we can learn from this Father. Uh, as to how he sees us, what he wants to do with us and be with us, towards us and through us, that he wants us to do and be towards other people that we have the privilege of fathering or caring for in any way. Remember, again, that Jesus revealed the Father. So the way Jesus did things is, is the way that the Father would do things. So in this Mark chapter 3 that we read of in the last session, um, where they came to him uh, and he wanted to be with them, he wanted them to be with him. The very powerful thing that comes through there, one of those things, is that God the Father wants to presence himself with us. A good father makes himself present, available. Um, and that's one of the building foundations of family. That's spiritual family as well as physical family. That's church as well as the wife and husband and family that God has given to us. In other words, what I'm trying to say is that it, as you read through the Jesus' uh, relationship with his disciples and with people, and what we read of through the scriptures related to Jesus to the church, we see that he doesn't just keep lecturing, correcting, always the superior one. While he is that, he so often he mentors rather than just lectures. And, and God wants us to understand that. Jesus was mentoring, not just lecturing. And so many leaders today, just and so many parents, just seem to lecture their children all the time instead of mentoring. And there's a big difference. He gives them time to really know him, his value system, why he feels and says and does what he says and does. He gives them that time. If you read Mark chapter 9, verses 30 and 31, you, you, you just pick up something of how Jesus was just trying to mentor them all the time. He answers their questions. He hangs around with them. It's an amazing thing to me that he, 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 you find him with, his, with one of the disciples with their head on the bosom of Jesus, leaning back, reclining, the scripture says. Uh, he's available to them. He's, he, he's a friend as well as he's their Lord and their master. And we as fathers, spiritual and physical fathers, we need to be the same towards our family, our family, spiritual, and our family, uh, physical. He makes them secure in his love. He accepts them. He lets them know, you're accepted by me. Sons and daughters need confidence. They need to know that you believe in them, that, that you believe God has called them, and that they can be all that God has called them to be. Tell them that. You can do that, son. You can do that, my daughter. Affirm them. Affirmation. And that's such a strong thing that comes through when you look at the life of Jesus. Uh, and let it be so for us, please. I'm just trying to look at what I can skip over here as I, as I look at how quickly the time is going here. 
So the, the father, a good father, he presences himself with him. And then he parents him. And in other words, what I'm trying to say is good parenting helps people to establish their true identity. You know that a father plays a special part and role in mentoring sons and daughters. It's only a father that can actually give, bring true masculinity uh, to, to, a, to, a, to a, a, a son and true femininity to a, to a daughter. To a son, he, he plays with them and he, and he stretches them and he challenges them. And sometimes they get up to things that look like dangerous, but not sinful. I remember that I felt God say that to me. You, your sons, you don't want your sons to do sinful things, but don't stop them from just being adventurous and being sometimes just on the edge, as it were, climbing walls and things that mothers say, don't do that. Fathers, you should allow them to do that. And mothers are equally as important, but we're talking here about fathering. So that's what I'm trying to cover here. But I also believe that a father helps a woman, a young daughter, to truly establish her own identity. He lets them know how precious they are to him as a male. The courtesies, the protection, the love, uh, taking them out for dinner, the special things that fathers need to do. And mothers, please don't feel you're being left out of this. Uh, uh, you're the heart of the home. And without you, family isn't as good as it could be. But we're not here about that now. So please forgive me if uh, you feel I'm leaving you out. But again, it's not with, with uh, moving on quickly. Um, can I just say this? Remember when, uh, when Jacob's wife, uh, I think it was Rachel, when she had the, her last son in Genesis 35, uh, verse eight, 18, she called him Benoni, son of my right hand, son of my son of sorrows, son of my sorrows. But straight away, the father gave him his true identity and called him Benjamin, son of my right hand, uh, gave him honor. And that, that's what fathers can do for their, their spiritual sons and daughters. But then can I say also, thirdly, he doesn't only parent his children, a good father parties with, or can I use this word in a, the right context, plays with, not toys with, plays with. In other words, spends time with not just doing business, but other things. You know, in, John, in, in Revelation 3, it, it, I think it's the 21st verse, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice, I'll come in, opens the door, I will come in, and I will sup with him. Like the, the uh, prodigal father. There was a party. Son, my son's home, let's party. And, and good parents do that. They, they party with their kids. It's not just always about ministry. It's being together. They go for walks together. They eat together. They enjoy each other. They joke with one another. I remember when in training up my own sons and also training up spiritual sons, I would often just say, let's go for a walk. Sometimes with 15, 20 of these people who'd come in from around different parts of the country, sometimes from other parts of the world uh, to be with me, we'd go for walks together. We'd talk and joke and laugh. I'd answer some questions. 
uh, pose them some questions. We just enjoyed each other. So do that with your sons. But just a little word of caution. Don't let your sons, so-called spiritual sons as well, hold their cards too close to their chest. They must walk in the light with you, even as you're trying to walk in the light with them. No hidden hurts, no hidden resentments, and no false motives, hidden motives. Um, but we can, uh, we can example, model masculinity where it's encouraged and established in their lives. And women can't do that, just like men can't do what women can do to establish things in their sons' and daughters' lives. Next one, a good father is patient with his, with his children. Now you can read Mark chapter 8, verses 14 to 21. He's patient. Even when they blow it, uh, he, give, he gives them opportunities. And even when they blow it, he doesn't say, well, that's the end of it. He gives them more opportunities. And you could read for yourself Mark chapter 3, verse 14. Look at Luke 9, verses 1 through to 17. I'm hoping you'll read these. Luke chapter 10, verses 1 to 9, and uh, then verses 17 to 20. But at the same time, while he gives them opportunities to, to fulfill what he's taught and he's patient with them in those ways, he does deal with them when they are carnal, but deals with them patiently. Look at Luke 9, 37 to 45, and Luke chapter 22, verses 24 to 38, Mark chapter 10, verse 35 to 45. He, he says, be careful. Uh, when they step out of line, he deals with it, but patiently. Another beautiful thing about the patience of God is, you know, when we were growing up, when I had my children in the 1970s and 80s, they were try, trying to teach little babies to swim, and they would take these little babies and throw them in the pool in the deep end uh, for those kids to learn how to swim. Now, God doesn't throw us in the deep end, not often. Sometimes we feel like he has, but he hasn't actually. But it's more like the Ezekiel's River, that we go in ankle deep and then knee deep and then waist deep until eventually our feet no longer touch the ground and we carry along by the Spirit of God. That's the kind of father he is. So have a look at it for yourself uh, in the scriptures. And then a good father, we read this in uh, Psalm 103, pardons his children. He's quick to, actually quick to forgive them. It's not like if you do, then I will forgive. Forgive. Right away. Let them know they've forgiven. <laughs> he chooses to forgive and he chooses to forget. As Psalm 103 says in Psalm 43, Isaiah 43 says in Hebrews chapter 8 verse 12 and so on. So he allows situations, God will allow situations into your life to give you opportunities to grow through forgiveness. And then the next thing quickly, God plans for his children. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, plans for good to give you hope, a future expected in to prosper you, not to harm you. Psalm 45, 40 verse 5, Psalm 139 verses 17 and 18, he actually says, the thoughts that you have for me, that I give, well, if I try to count them, they, they're just beyond counting all these things that God has in his heart for us. He wants us to succeed. Do you still believe God wants you to succeed? You say, but Dudley, you don't know how many failures I have. My, my life is littered with failure. Can God still pick me up? Yes, he will. Just like we do with our little children. Failure after failure when they're trying to learn to walk. 
failure after failure when they're trying to learn to talk. But we pick them up, we help them, we hold their hands, we take them and we walk with them. That's how God is. He wants you to succeed in all and everything that is, is His will. The only thing God wants us to fail in are those things that aren't His will. He wants us to succeed in life, in family life, in our friendships, in our fellowship, the life of the church, in our finances, our freedom, our functions, ministry or business, in our fun times, recreation, refreshing. He wants us to succeed. And then moving on quickly, a good father passes on blessing to their children. Like in Genesis 49 verses 9 through to 20, I think it's 21 or 24, where uh, Jacob blesses all of his sons. Read it for yourself. Psalm 17 verse 14 talks about generation to generation how God wants to bless our children as well. Psalm 103 verse 13, have a look at that. It's all-encompassing blessing. Passes it on. And God wants you to pass on his, your blessing that he's blessed you with onto your children. And I find, so. this used to amaze me how many pastors feel that the spiritual children in their churches owe them something. Paul says, children don't owe the parents. The parents supply for the kids. So uh, pass the blessing on and don't expect. And while I know that children should look after you, you don't demand that. A good father prepares for his children. God the Father has prepared so much, so much for us, even good works that God has prepared in advance for us. Do you, God has prepared good works for all of us in advance. He prepares for the children. He prepares th their futures for them and them for their futures. And so we as fathers, spiritual and physical fathers, we need to be preparing our family, our children, our sons and daughters we need to be preparing their future for them, but we also need to be preparing them for their future. And I believe that we prepare their future for them by praying God's blessing and open doors of opportunity for them in the call of God for their lives, not what we plan for them. And creation reveals that God prepared everything for us in advance. He made all and everything before He actually created us. And God's preparation is one remember this that everything God prepared when he made Genesis chapter 1 and God said it was good God's preparation for us everything is good he made it all for himself and for us to enjoy and his preparation according to Psalm 23 verse 5 is an overflowing blessing you anoint my head with oil my cup runs over or overflows and his spirit the Holy Spirit reveals to us and imparts to us the things that God has prepared for us. 1 Corinthians 2, uh, verses 9 through to 16. Remember that little part that says, uh, all these things that God has prepared for us, eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, neither has entered the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for us who love Him. But it says this, but, but God has revealed them to us by His Spirit, who makes known all things to us. He reveals them to us. God reveals them to, them to us. The good works of Galatians 2.10 and uh, we've got to be like him. Help our children to see what is ahead for them. Prepare them for life and for ministry. Like Jesus did in Mark chapter 3 verse 14. He appointed the twelve, designating them apostles. Read um, 
Mark chapter 9, verse uh, 33 and 41, Luke chapter 11, the first 13 verses, John 13, 1 to 17. Uh, if they're going to be preachers, prepare them for to how to preach, how to prepare messages. Those of us that are uh, spiritual fathers to spiritual sons that are in ministry, help them to know how to preach, to stop showing off, to stop and ask themselves sometimes. And I would ask you to do this of your own life. Would Jesus stand with the, the poses that you pose when you're preaching, when you're trying to be dramatic? Would he be screaming at people, shouting at people? Would he be doing all the showing or help your spiritual sons, if they'll allow you to, to be able to speak into those areas? Prepare them. How to prepare messages. How to cope with ministry uh, pressures, rejections, demands, uh, roles, all the things that come uh, their way, that are even emotionally, and their abilities. Good thing about fathers, and we're still looking at this preparation, is that fathers recognize what others can't see in sons and daughters, their gifting, their potential. But recognizing that demands some risk, providing them with opportunities, giving them opportunities to, can I use the word practice in the right sense, give them opportunities that there's risk. If you won't take risks, your sons and daughters, while they stick with you, are going to always be stinted. It requires rest, uh, risk. True success in fathering, in ministry, in life, true success is producing successors. Successors, not successes, successors. That others that come behind you are successful and hopefully more successful than you. Prepare them also for their future. Jeremiah 29, 11. Uh, I'm going to quickly move on because this just won't stop moving <clears throat> just give them tools just to sum that little part up give them the tools that for life and for living uh, for marriage for courting etc etc and then a good father provides for his children he is remember god our father he's jehovah jireh the lord our provider we want to see our children enjoying our inheritance this for me personally while i'm still alive not just when i'm dead uh, in ministry, taking nations, successful <clears throat> in their finances, their health, their love before God, their marriages, their family life, healthy related, related, uh, relationships, etc. <coughs> I'm always trying to give my, my, people, my sons and daughters, spiritual sons and daughters, the best. And if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your, your father in heaven. But bear this in mind, always remember to send, point all your sons and daughters, physical and spiritual, towards God, the one who meets all their needs. To seek first the kingdom, his righteousness, and then all these other things will be added to them. So help them to implement wise strategies for their futures. Health insurances, retirement plans if need be, purchasing a home, paying it off in seven years according to the Deuteronomy 15 uh, and Nehemiah chapter 10, 30, 31, 
protecting them, that it's by protection, by faith, through the blood, that there's a hedge around them all, every one of us, the Job uh, chapter 1 and 2 it is where Satan says, but you've put a hedge around them. There's a hedge around all of us. Help them to know how to keep that hedge intact using all of the armor of God and all the promises that God has given to us. And raising up a team around them. In our home, we need a team that is father, the husband, the wife and the children together as a team, serving God as a team. And then it makes it easier for them to become team members when they're in a bigger, larger pool out there serving God. Quickly moving on, we only have one or two more to do. And while I, this, I'm using it as a different sub, uh, sub, uh, subtitle, it really comes under prepares for them, but he paves the way for them. A good father opens doors for his spiritual sons and daughters as well as his physical Isaiah 22 verses 21 to 23 and Revelation 3 8. Give them opportunities to rise up. Take them with you on trips. Speak to them, talk to them, let them ask their questions and answer them, and you try and answer them. And then if they are in ministry, preaching ministry as it were, suggest churches to sometimes invite to them and give them opportunities to, to, uh, to preach and to minister in their gifting. And then we partner with them, good father's partner. Take them with him, as I've just said there. Good father prays for his children. A good father, as I said earlier, well, I may not have, but a good father pities his children. Psalm 103, 13 to 8, it says, has compassion on his children. He understands them, he's compassionate. He understands weakness. He understands frailties, inabilities, limitations. He puts up with them like God the Father does with us, uh, loving us in spite of all of our insecurities and inabilities and adequacies, etc. Quickly, he, a good father carries his children. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 31. It's like God puts us on his shoulders. Uh, Deuteronomy 1, 31 is a beautiful picture of a father carrying his young son when he's too weak to walk. Or too tired to walk. He, uh, Deuteronomy 35 12 tells us that he puts them on us, carries us between his shoulders. And while we as Father carry them, this is insufficient. We need to point them towards our Father in heaven, show them the Father. Wow, we, I thought it was only one or two. A good Father corrects or disciplines his children. Hebrews 12 7. To me, disciplining is more than about holding sons accountable than, uh, than punishing them, withholding reward or punishing them. It's teaching them accountability and uh, responsibility. And so all uh, discipline has teaching accountability and consequences as, a, consequences as a much higher priority than reward or punishment. Not to discipline our children is to implant in them the principle that they can get away with things that they're not going to be held accountable. And unfortunately, not only are we going to be held accountable here on earth, but one day before God, when God says, I gave all these opportunities to you, what did you do with them? I look at all these scriptures and I think I have to move on. And then a good father passes on an inheritance to his children, as Ecclesiastes 2, 18 and 19 tells us. 
he passes on. Many of us have agonized for our children, for, our, for Christian leaders, churches, uh, for plants. We've prayed, we've gone there, we've stood with, we've year after year gone back and gone back, passed on an inheritance. God wants us to pass on an, our inheritance. And uh, we know that there are going to be others that are going to come in and try to derail them, steal them away, as you read of in Acts chapter 20, verses 28 to 38. And many who have walked with us have walked away, and uh, we still say it was worth it. There's so many that were with us in our family, in our Christian family, that have sacrificed all to, to see the inheritance passed on. So don't let your children down, physical or spiritual. Be very careful with what you do as, as you successfully negotiate in passing on the baton. A good father prophesies over his children. Like Paul said, he laid hands on when he told Timothy uh, in 2 Timothy 1.6 and 1 Timothy 4.14. We prophesy. Moses did with Joshua in Deuteronomy 34.9. Jacob did with his sons, Genesis 49, verse 1 onward. Isaac did with, his son, with Jacob in Genesis 27.25-29. And God gave them that, that, those strategies and we need to be prophesying over and, and into and over our, our family, spiritual families. And then we process their doctrine. Now, I do have just these last two. Paul with Timothy, in 2 Timothy 2, verse 15, process their doctrine. He keeps on reminding them good doctrine, sound doctrine, uh, ensuring that we're truly saved, as the 1 John tells us, shows us in that first chapter of 1 John, shows us what it really means to be saved. And I've tried to do that with my, my physical sons and with my spiritual son, waiting slowly over the years for them to grow up and be what they should be. And then a good father, and this is the last one, helps him with life struggles in, and, uh, and uh, to turn life struggles into a training session. Like Romans tells us, all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. Psalm 76 says this, verse 10, He is able to make the wrath of God praise Him. My dad, I remember when I was just a young little boy and I said to my dad, I can't sleep at night. My dad just reminded me that after the war, many, many of those people that got shell-shocked or whatever else happened in the war, many of them didn't sleep a minute at night. He just encouraged me how to just cope with the, the struggle I was going through and... Uh, was, that's held me in good stead for 50 odd years or oh, 70, 78 years now so don't make too, life too easy for them but be a good father so can I just ask you pray for God to reveal to you those who you can invite as spiritual sons and daughters that you can train invite them give them time ask them their dreams Help them to fulfill those dreams and bring about the adjustments that God wants to use you in bringing about. And may God bless you. I wish I could have taken more time. Time has run out.
God bless you, Father. Bless your people. And thank you for the privilege of sharing with them. Use this as inadequate as I feel it has been. Use it, please, for your glory and your honour by the power of the Holy Spirit working within. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.